When people say, Michaela, you're my favorite body positivity influencer, I don't think that's fair to say because I do struggle with eating disorder because I don't believe I'm the most body positive. I try to be realistic about it where yes, I have grown confident in myself, but not every day is perfect for me. Welcome back. This is the Confident Collective Podcast and we are your hosts. I'm Ryan and I'm Christina. We are curb models, content creators, and some would even say comedians. We started the Confident Collective podcast to help you live your most confident life by sharing our stories and sitting down with experts to talk about, well, life. We chat sex, dating, business, relationships, and so much more. We hope you love this episode, so let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Confident Collective podcast. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> we have a very, <laughs> very exciting episode for you. And honestly, one of my favorite interviews and what makes me even more excited about it is the one of the reasons that we reached out to today's guest, well, besides the fact that we're obsessed with her, is because so many of you requested an interview with her, which I just think is even more exciting. So today we have on Michaela Nagara. If you don't already know who she is, Michaela is a makeup artist and beauty content creator that has amassed an insane digital following with over 14 million TikTok followers and over 2.5 million Instagram followers. No big freaking deal. Insane. Insane. On social media, she shares everything from get ready with me to beauty tutorials and transformations to her new home and her life with her fiance, Kode. (laughs) (laughs) Kode? Everyone? Wait, should we leave that in? (laughs) We gotta leave that in. (laughs) Her her fiance, Cody, who, by the way, I have met before and is like the nicest person ever. But from now on, let's only call him Cody. (laughs) Cody. Oh, wow. Well, in this today's, oh my God, in today's episode, we talk about Michaela's career, which, like Christina said, she has just blown up and she's only 24 years old. Mm -hmm. I immediately followed her when she popped up on my TikTok for you page in 2020. She has such a bubbly personality. I mean, she's incredibly talented at makeup. These makeup looks are insane. So we talk about her career and how she went from working at Ulta to now being a full-time content creator and really just taking it to the next level. We also talk about body image and confidence, which is something that Michaela talks a lot about on her TikTok and Instagram and has opened up to her audience about her struggles with her weight and her body. So we go a little bit deeper into that with her today as well. We also talk a lot about the online hate and criticism she's received and how it takes a toll on your mental health and just how she's established her confidence over the past couple of years. Overall, we think you're really going to love this episode. We know so many of you follow and admire her and it was just cool to get to know her on another level. So without further ado, let's welcome Michaela. All right, we have Michaela with us. How are you? Your makeup is fire, fire right now. Wait, is like this a oh, green eyeliner with what do you have underneath? Like gemstones? Yeah, I did some gems and just like a graphic liner with the nude lip. I, I would love expect it. nothing less. It yeah, so good. <laughs> thank you. 
Michaela, obviously you have had the craziest past couple years and yeah. your journey has been insane. But I want to know first, like, when did you post your first video online ever? Not even TikTok. Like, when was the first piece of content creation you ever made? Because I feel like a lot of people don't know you were doing YouTube first, right? Yeah, <laughs> a long time ago. First YouTube video I probably ever posted, I was 13. No. Wow. Yeah. Really wow. Young. And that's when YouTube was like not as advanced. <laughs> and what was that video? Like what, how did you feel making it? And when you made that video, did you ever imagine that I guess 11 years later, you'd be where you are today? I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a content creator. So for Christmas, when I was, I believe 12, I asked my mom for a DSLR camera mm -hmm. and I got it. And I remember right when I got it, I went home and I filmed my first YouTube video with it. And it was like pristine quality. And for a 13 year old, you know, right. it was a makeup video. It was a makeup tutorial. I was using really old makeup because I didn't have much, but it was just fun to create something that I watched on YouTube every day because I loved watching makeup videos on YouTube. So it was just cool to create one of my own. What drew you to makeup when you initially were 13 years old? So the first time I used makeup, I was 10. And it was actually because I was being bullied in school, unfortunately, at a very young age for my weight. But also, this is strange, but I have a deeper voice. I kind of do have more masculine features, I guess. So... A lot of specifically boys would make me feel like I didn't deserve to be a woman, if that makes any sense. So I turned to makeup because at the time, that was the only way I knew how to maybe make myself feel a bit more feminine. And it made me feel better about myself. But then as time went on and I got more into makeup itself... I realized, okay, this is actually like really fun. And that's when I got more into like the creative aspect of it. But that took a while. I'd say around 15 is when like I realized makeup is more a creative outlet for me versus using it to mask insecurities or anything like that. It's a growth thing, you know? Well, I resonate with that so much when you said that I kind of got like chills because I grew up tall, curvy. I never felt like the girl that guys would want to like. I was bigger than all the boys. like, Same. And I felt really out of place. And I started talking about fashion because it made me feel really good in my body for the first time. And I think that's so beautiful that you honestly turned this thing that was kind of used against you and now have created this beautiful thing that helps other people feel good about themselves and express yeah. their creativity. And I just, I think that's incredible and such a cool way to hear how your story began. It's so true what you just said about tall girls and how they are treated a bit differently that I noticed that growing up as well with taller girls, for sure. Oh yeah. It's so funny thinking about it now because I was like, wow, like these guys made me feel like a monster. Right. It was their own insecurities. And I think now like it's crazy Absolutely. how just insecurities play out in all sorts of different ways. Yeah. Well, I'm four foot 11. Mm -hmm. I stopped growing in fifth grade. I was done. So when did you guys like hit your height? In college. I just kept growing and growing. Sometimes Does anybody I, ever ask you like, oh, did you play basketball? Every time, every day. 
People just assume we're athletes. We're like, people are like, oh, what's Or volleyball or something like that. Yeah, or, oh, I have so many stories where I'll be walking down the street and a guy will just be like, she big. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, constantly, like, literally just called big, like, on a pretty frequent basis by men in the street. It's very mm. strange, very <laughs> strange well. phenomenon. Yeah, Crazy. so we resonate with the in school bullying the just feeling insecure in your skin for sure okay I want to talk about I feel like I found you you popped up on my tiktok for you page and I in 2020 in 2020 I downloaded tiktok I wasn't on tiktok before I was definitely a pandemic jumped on the bandwagon And I was just immediately captivated by your personality. I mean, you're absolutely stunning, so talented with what you do with makeup. I'm someone who does not, I do the same thing every single day. So I was just like, wow, just super inspiring. What was like your journey on TikTok? Like, I mean, you went from basically zero to what, 14 14 million million in a matter of a couple years, right? Yeah. So in two months, it'll officially be three years that I've been doing this whole TikTok thing. But for me, I was absolutely a hop on the app during the pandemic person too. So quickly, just to get into specifics, I I was a senior in college. I was working at Ulta Beauty and I was also getting my master's degree. And I was going to be staying full time at a bank in HR. Wow. Pandemic hit the U.S. That was kind of what was going on in my life. She was and busy. You were busy. Yeah. busy. <laughs> so yeah, and I'm that type of person. I love to be busy. If I'm not busy, I'm like going insane. So basically, when the pandemic hit, Ulta Beauty shut down all across the country. Mm. So I was laid off. Everybody was who worked there temporarily. Of course, they took me back a few months later. So laid off of Ulta Beauty. I graduated college as a senior, of course. And then I went right into doing my master's degree and the job offer that I had at the bank was taken back because COVID hit and they were very unsure of the future and everything. So I was basically jobless, was no longer in college with all my friends and I was back home in my parents' house and I felt really lost. I had no idea what to do with my life. I went to college for marketing, communication, and media cultural studies. And I knew I wanted to do something in media. And then when I saw TikTok popping off, I said to myself, okay, and this is when that like 13-year-old girl who filmed that YouTube video, that voice was like in my head. Because I quit doing it, you know, years ago before that. I was like... My videos were getting a thousand views, if that. So I, you know, I wasn't confident in myself. And I said, nobody cares what I'm putting out there. So I gave up. But then I said, okay, I got nothing better to do. Let me post a TikTok and just see what happens. And at the time in 2020, makeup TikTok wasn't like fully established yet, if that makes sense. It was like, it was mostly those transition videos where people would yeah. go from no makeup to crazy makeup and that kind of thing. So I learned how to do a transition video and it wasn't very good, but I just posted it. And I remember it was a Sunday. My parents were downstairs watching the news on television. I posted the video, went downstairs, sat on the couch with them. A little while later, I went back upstairs and I opened my phone, looked at the video and it had hundreds of thousands of views. Oh my gosh. I was just, when I tell you confusion to the core, 
I, I did not understand because I had never gone through anything like that in my life. And then all of a sudden, I, I'm refreshing. My dad, he loves to look at the news online. He refreshes and my face is on like Yahoo News. From your <laughs> first video. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My whole family Aww. was just like, what is going on? And then from there, I sat down and I said, well, that 13 year old was saying to me in my head, Michaela, this is the time. If you want a moment, here it is. You better take it and run. So then I started posting videos like every single day. I would film constantly. And I just, I wanted to make my dreams come true so bad. And when I saw the moment that I could do it, I did it. (laughs) That's amazing because I feel like a lot of people might have that and then almost get nervous, get scared and slow down. And we're like, wait a minute, all these people are watching me now. Like I need to make sure everything's perfect. And the fact that you were like able to take that moment and run with it and just go for it says a lot about you and your confidence too. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And if that's not a sign from the universe being like, you're doing the right thing, I don't know what is. That's pretty crazy. Okay, so that was your first video. Obviously, then you created a bunch of other videos. But what did you have this like one aha moment that you're like, holy crap, I'm making it like this is really happening. Was it like a product that you mentioned selling out or a brand reaching out to you or just maybe like a certain amount of viral views? What was that moment where you're like, this is like my career now? Yeah, so... That first video I posted, like I said, it, it got hundreds of thousands of views, mm-hmm. which to me is absolutely viral. <laughs> like, yeah. To someone who's never had a video go viral before, that was very viral. And the turning point for me, which is so interesting, is the video where I first spoken. Because in the beginning, all my videos, I didn't speak. So like people didn't really know what I sounded like or what my personality was like and stuff. The first video I've spoken, I think it it got 15 million views. Wow. Wow. And it was my third video. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And people were just like, yo, this chick's personality is kind of like cool. (laughs) Yeah, because it's so refreshing and different than anyone. I, I feel like than any other creator I've personally seen. Oh, thank you. Well, the thing is, in person, I'm pretty quiet, I'd say. I am kind of shy, but... When you get to know me, I am exactly like I am on camera. So I think like when I'm alone in a room and I hit record, I can just be myself because nobody's there. Like it's Mm -hmm. just me. I'm just talking to myself. It's basically a way for me to be completely authentic um, Mm -hmm. because no one's judging me. No one's listening to me. And that's how I think about it. So, yeah, I'm a hoot on camera because (laughs) in my mind, no one's judging me. But then I post it for millions of people. But I don't think about that, Pat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how cool. Because it can be scary to open up and like show your personality to whoever wants to see it on the internet. But yeah. that's the first, you know, millions of views. Again, I just think that is like a sign from the universe that you're here to like be on a big scale and share something. So that's pretty cool. Do you have any yeah. advice? Because I feel like being myself is something that I'm pretty good at, right? But I feel like authentically being yourself and putting yourself out there for a lot of people is actually really hard to do. It's hard not to critique everything that you're saying. It's hard not to worry about all the voices. Do you have any advice for someone who wants to put themselves out there and can't get out of their head? Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people who they won't even talk on camera because they feel they're going to be judged for who they are. 
And I, you know, I saw the Dak side of things right away because when I went viral that first time, the news, all the headlines were like, wow, this girl sure is a catfish. It wasn't like, oh, look at this girl's makeup skills. It was all very clickbaity and and more negative. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's kind of when I realized, oh, I get why people may be a little bit hesitant to put themselves forward. And what I will say is as someone who does have a lot, like millions and millions of eyes on me, you have to accept that not everyone's going to like you. And that's fine. That is completely fine. Just remember that if people are talking about you, you're doing just fine. It doesn't matter whether it's positive or negative. They're talking about you. (laughs) Oh, let them, (laughs) you know? And just remember that being yourself is best for you. Because if you put on a face on camera and a personality that's not authentic to you, that can cause sort of a dysphoria, honestly. It can make you lose your identity a little bit. If you're putting on an identity that maybe isn't really, you know? Yeah. I actually think that's really true. Not even if you want to put yourself on camera, but just the way you present yourself in the world anyways, right? Whether you're going on a date or a job interview, if you're like pretending to be someone else or trying to be whoever you think the other person wants you to be, then you're just like entering this vicious cycle and then you almost start to lose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. For instance, when I worked at Ulta, Mm -hmm. of course, when I went into work, I, you know, put my professional face on and I was very like customer servicey. Yeah. But, you know, everyone at the end of the day, when they go home, they get to be more authentic. And I I think there are times where you feel like you can't be like at work. (laughs) I can't imagine experiencing so much feedback from, like you said, millions of eyes on you. Have you found any ways to cope with that or deal with that side of the business? Because it's like you get to live this like dream that you've had since you were 13 years old, but everything comes with a cost, right? And I think having that feedback and no matter what, people might have something bad to say about you. Have you learned to deal with that in, in a certain way or what's helped you kind of overcome that side of this business? So it's interesting. I, I still remember to this day, the first time I was receiving like heat in my comments. And I well, just remember- What was it for? It was for an accusation that I used filters in my videos, which is not true, but it just tore me up. And I remember bawling my eyes out and I was shaking and I called my manager and I went into the bathroom and I was like on my knees over the toilet because when I get really anxious and nervous, sometimes I'll throw up and I, it was like a time. It was terrifying because I wasn't used to it. And I don't know how much you pay attention to drama or any of that, but did you see the whole 519 thing that happened? Yeah. So when that happened, I was actually shocked at how I handled it. It was nothing like that first time, like two, three years ago where I was knees over the toilet, ready to throw up. It was, I was laying in bed with Cody. I opened up my phone. I saw what was going on. I put my phone down. I held Cody and I just said, Cody, I just want you to know something is going on online right now. And It's definitely shaking me up a bit, but I just want you to know everything's going to be fine and I'll get through it. And it was like a totally different reaction than Mm -hmm. that first time, which showed me that I have grown a lot to be able to handle these things. But I, when I started this, I had a very weak skin. I mean, I wasn't used to it at all, but now I have a much 
thicker skin. And now I even clap back at people sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I am currently about a week into monitoring my glucose levels with NutriSense. If you haven't heard of NutriSense, it is it uses a continuous glucose monitor, which is a small device that you put on the back of your arm and it monitors your glucose levels 24-7. You use this and the NutriSense app to track your daily activity, to see how food sleep, exercise, and stress impact your glucose. And the goal of NutriSense is to help you meet your health goals. And that is going to look different for everybody. And the thing that has stood out to me the most is the personalized insight you get from a nutritionist. So you have a nutritionist that you can message directly in the app that looks at all of your data and helps interpret it for you. So When I signed up, my nutritionist asked what my goals were. And I said that I really just wanted to learn about my body and see how my current habits are affecting my glucose levels, because this is all really new to me. And my nutritionist has been so helpful in interpreting that data and answering any questions that I have. So if you are interested in giving NutriSense a try, NutriSense is giving TCC listeners $30 off and one month free of dietitian support in the NutriSense app. Just go to NutriSense.io slash confident. That's Nutrisense.io slash confident. Well, I have made it to New York City, but my stuff hasn't quite made it yet. So all I currently have is a camping chair and I'm sleeping on an air mattress until all of my stuff gets here from L.A., And I was like, okay, if I'm going to be sleeping on an air mattress for at least the next week, week and a half, I'm going to have some nice sheets. So I have the bowl and branch sheets on my air mattress to try to make this whole like sleeping on the floor thing a little bit more luxe. And okay, let me tell you, it's actually helping. These sheets rock, okay? Bull and Branch uses the highest quality threads and their sheets are made from slow grown organic cotton. They feel so soft, but also they have that like kind of crisp feel to to sheets. And I like that. And at the same time, they're super breathable because I don't know about you, but if I am hot, I cannot sleep. I can't, I, I I just can't. So I need sheets that are going to be light and breathable, but keep me cozy. And Bull and Branch sheets fit the deepest of mattresses, and they even have labels which says top and bottom, so it really makes making your bed super easy. They give you a 30-night risk-free guarantee with free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders, so you can make sure that you absolutely love your new sheets. And you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code TC. CC at bullandbranch.com. That's bull and branch, B O L L A N D branch.com, promo code TCC.
first of all, that growth is amazing and kind of gave me chills because that's really tough. And I remember when that whole, I think we've actually talked about it on the podcast, when that whole scenario was going on because I was personally offended by how excited people get to try and take someone down. And I'm like, this is so sickening to me. And just being, I guess, a public figure, even on a smaller scale, or just being a human being, like it just hurts when people say bad things about you, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think helped you evolve to have that sort of growth? Was it maybe having a rock next to you like Cody? Was it just being more confident in who you are and your career? What were, if you can look back, some of the things that maybe happened in those past three years from the first criticism you've seen online to that video? Yeah. I mean, Cody definitely helps me a lot. But when the 519 thing happened, basically, I considered that like a cancellation, even if it was like a minor one. I was like minorly being canceled. Girl, but, um, what you were experiencing was not minor. I was like, we talked about it. I was like, oh, my God. So I don't want to discount what happened. Like people were very cruel. So, yeah, I mean, it was very intense. But in that moment, I was like, OK, am I going to lose all my followers? Am I going to lose my job? Is my career over? Am I no longer going to have any opportunities? Are people not going to want to watch me anymore? All these thoughts. I gained followers from the situation. I continue to get opportunities. My views are the highest they've ever been. All those fears I had about negativity, that whole 519 situation just proved me wrong, I guess, in that people will constantly try to take you down, but you just keep going and don't let it change who you are. I mean, I took two months away. And in those two months, I heavily worked on myself. I started going to psychiatrists and therapy and reading books and trying to figure myself out. Yeah. And I think that was really good for me. But at the end of the day, that whole 519 thing made me so much stronger. And I think about this all the time. Like, you know, the game telephone. Yeah. So, you know, you begin with the sentence or the phrase at the beginning of the line. And then you say the sentence or the phrase all the way down to the end. And 100% of the time, it's totally different at the end. And that's what I think about when it comes to like what people say about you online, because they likely heard it from someone else who heard it from someone else who heard it from someone else. And all the things they say are not true, obviously. And you just got to think about it like that. And I think too, in these situations, we lose part of our humanity and the fact that let's say you were at a dinner party with someone and I said something that someone maybe was like, well, actually, I kind of see it from a different perspective. We handle that in person so much differently than how it is online. It is sad to me that people take it in this way and are like one sentence are trying to cancel someone. I just think it's really sick and wrong. And and I think especially in this scenario of if you were sitting down with someone at a dinner party, you could just have a conversation about it and be like, oh, you know, I didn't think about it that way or explain, you know, where you were coming from, where you were saying. It's just, it's crazy to me that in an online platform, like you said, you say something and then it takes flight and you don't have control of it anymore. And yeah, that's really hard, but I think it's amazing to see like your growth and it sounds like it's kind of like you have to weather the storm to kind of build that up and, and to get to like where you are now to be able to handle that sort of thing. Yeah, I was talking to someone the other day and I basically said to them, if I feel like when you get to the size that I am, it's not a question of if you'll get canceled. It's a question of when, if that makes sense. If you have 15 million followers, you will be canceled. Like at some point for something and you don't have any control over it, but you have to just say, that's all right. That's all right. You take it and run with it because 99% of the time, whatever you're being canceled for is 
bullshit. (laughs) Well, because you just can't control the way other perceive you, right? You can only control the way you feel about yourself. Yeah. You recently have dealt with some more criticism and feedback. And I love the way you handled it about people trying to say that you were editing your body. And you also talk so much about confidence and your struggles there and body dysmorphia that you've had in the past. So can you kind of take us through what it was like reading those comments or seeing those videos about how you were editing your body when you're like, wait, bro, like how are you making this up right now? So the weird thing is I didn't see the videos where people were making the accusations. I just saw the result of the videos, which is like herds of people coming to my comments. Mm -hmm. That's usually how it goes. And then you're kind of like, like, wait, what's happening? What did I do now? Yeah. So still to this day, I have no idea what videos they were even referring to. Okay, well, to. good, because you don't need to give anyone views for that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I was shocked because I've just always been so open about my body and my struggles with my body. And it just blew me away that people would say that. And at the end of the day, like all the people that were coming to my comments were not followers of mine. They just show up to be a part of that negative energy. But It just really pissed me off, if I'm honest with you. It made me really mad. I usually don't address things because it's usually bullshit, like I said. So why would I even bring it up? But in this case, as someone who has struggled with an eating disorder for so long and dealt with body dysmorphia and, you know, struggled in the beginning to even show my full body on camera, for people to say that I'm editing it, It just really, oh man, it drove me mad. (laughs) And that's why I felt I had to make that response video because I will not let someone drag my name like that. You can drag my name, whatever, but not like that. (laughs) We talk a lot about like kind of our confidence journey and how we've gotten to a point where we feel comfortable in our bodies and we're not in this like state of just like hating it. And that's yeah. kind of like the goal, I think, for so many women is to get to a point where you're, you're accepting your body. What has your confidence journey been like over the years? Yeah, it's weird. So I've been overweight my whole life. It's just genetic in my family, you know. It never really bothered me until social media became a thing, if I'm mm. just being honest. Because that's when I started, there was a whole time in my life where I followed tons and tons of fitness influences. And I would watch them on YouTube and I was I would just obsess over the way their bodies looked. And that's when I sort of developed my eating disorder because I just wanted to look like them so bad. And social media really played a massive role in how I thought about myself, unfortunately. Then... I got to a point where I was struggling with anorexia and I was really thin, but it wasn't enough for me. And that's when I went to treatment and everything. And then today, I'm the highest weight I've been today, presently, and I could care less. I'm healthy in my body. If I go get blood work, it's totally healthy. And I am overweight, but it, I'm not going to die tomorrow. You know, like I am healthy. I, I do eat healthy. I take care of myself. But like my favorite food is buffalo chicken pizza. <laughs> I'm not going to cut that out of my life. Absolutely right. not. I love cake and cookies. And I've, tr- I've tried that lifestyle where I cut it all out and it doesn't work out for me. <laughs> but I think what's important to me is this is an interesting debate and you can totally tell me your opinion on it. I don't like to say that I'm body positive because I have body dysmorphia. So I really struggle with 
the way I look at my body when I look in the mirror. Like I personally try not to look in the mirror at my body because then I will stat to critique it. So I don't think it's fair for me to say, like when people say, oh my God, Michaela, you're my favorite body positivity influencer. I don't think that's fair to say that I'm a body positivity influencer because I do struggle with Aiden disorder because I don't believe I'm the most body positive. And I think, yes, I try to emphasize the confidence, the growth and confidence that I've had. But at the end of the day, I try to be realistic about it where yes, I have grown confident in myself, but not every day is perfect for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people can relate to that as well. It's interesting because we always go back and forth on like the term body positive and body positivity. And I will say I'm also the biggest I've ever been in my life and the most confident I've ever been in my body. I think it's somewhat unrealistic to think that there's only positive body image days. Like that just doesn't exist. That's not reality. There's some point in time where you're like, "Ah, I don't actually feel my best, you know? I still consider myself a body positive influencer and I'm proud to say that because I actually feel like I've come such a long way and do overall feel great and want to help spread that for other people as well. I go back and forth on this all the time and we've had, Christina, I've had so many conversations about this, but I think at the end of the day, these terms too, I do feel like are a marketing tool a mm-hmm. little bit. I don't think we need to attach so much emotion behind it. And I know Remy has talked about this, Remy Bader, just because she's curvy, people automatically put her in like this box of what they think she is or representing. Also, you can say you're a positive person. Oh, I feel like I'm a positive person. Does that mean you're positive every second of every day? Absolutely not. I go back and forth on getting tied to these terms, but I think at the end of the day, my goal is to just feel good in my body, but also not having to like obsess over it every day Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, we are like a tiny little speck in this universe and we're going to use our life's purpose stressing about our body. And I think when you're in that negative space about it, it feels like it takes up so much of your brain power. Like when I was younger, I was like every night, I'd be like, all right, tomorrow is the day where I'm going to eat healthy and get skinny and everyone's going to like me and my life is going to change and blah, 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 blah. And when you kind of release that and you just stop using so much of your brain power thinking about your body, that's a pretty freeing feeling. Like, and that's my goal yeah. with it. And I also think it's okay for people to feel great about their body and still want to make changes. And I think that is where I really disconnect with, I guess, all these terms and all this movement, because I feel like, why are we putting pressure on people to feel a certain way? Like, oh, you say you're confident now, well, you better stay in this body forever, because if not, that means you are lying about how you actually felt. I lost 20 pounds recently, and people made videos basically like, how could she lose weight. She has an eating disorder. How could she lose weight? Like saying it was very irresponsible of me to make that decision. But I had to lose weight because I have been struggling with being pre-diabetic because diabetes runs in my family, as well as stroke. My dad had a stroke and his mom had a stroke. And at the end of the day, if losing 20 pounds is going to bring down my blood work so that I can be in a healthy body, Mm. I'm okay with that that's fine. And I did it healthily. I just ate a little bit better. I, you know, go on walks with my dog. I didn't do anything crazy to lose it. 
it's acceptable to do that. Right. And, it's, and it's such a personal thing. Like someone online doesn't know the story of your dad or your family history. Yeah. And I think the important thing about the body positive movement or the fat acceptance movement is that at the end of the day, fat people do face judgment and scrutiny that people in smaller bodies do not have to face. And it's about just being accepted and valued as a human being, regardless of your size. And like, it's sad. That's like the baseline of it is that someone in a larger body should just be able to live without scrutiny. But I do think that's important to know about these movements and these terms. There are so many people out there who just step out their front door and get judged and scrutinized because of the way they look. Because of the way they look. And it's so sad. so I think that's such an important thing about this. and But it is important to to note that it's such a personal thing. And like people don't need to be yeah. stressing about the weight you're gaining or you're losing. Like don't we have better things to do? And also no one needs an answer or right. an excuse right. or a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know obviously sometimes easier said than done. And of course being a public figure, sometimes you feel like there's a responsibility to answer people or to fill people in on what's going on. But I just feel like the most important responsibility is always to our individual selves. You got to do what's best for you and that's it. When obviously you've come a long way on your personal growth and your confidence, but we all kind of have those bad confidence days, right? When you're having one of those days, what are some things that you do to make yourself feel better? Well, I'm a big, I mean, my dog, (laughs) to be honest, if I'm having a bad day mentally, whether it's in relation to my body or just brain fog or Mm -hmm. depression or anything, I just try to do things to make me happy. And for me, that's makeup. And it's interesting because makeup is my job, right? Doing my makeup every day on camera is my job. But if I want to do it off camera, I like it because I can do it really slow and I'm not talking to anyone. I can listen to music and just play around with it. You know, that always makes me super happy. And then I love anything to do with aromatherapy and spas. And I'll do a little facial, I'll take a bubble bath, right? I'll take my dog on a walk. I love nature. So going outside is the best. I live near a beach. So I'll just walk right to the beach, walk on the sand with my dog. It's kind of that. Or Spending time with Cody always makes me happy. He's like super sweet. So if I'm in a bad state of mind, he can take me right out of that Mm -hmm. pretty easily. (laughs) But yeah, it's just for me, it's like family values and self-care that are really what helped me. I want to know when you are doing the makeup just for yourself, not for camera, what is your go-to look that just always makes you feel fucking hot like a bombshell? (laughs) It's this thing that I've coined since high school, actually, (laughs) and I call it the Michaela look, but it's basically really like sexy, big black eyeliner. Not like the one I have, like this is more graphic. It's cat eyeliner? Like cat eye, like pretty thick. And then I do big lashes, like even bigger than these ones. And heavy on the highlighter, heavy on the contour bronzer. And this lipstick I'm wearing today is actually like my favorite lipstick of all time. That's the one I'll use every time I do what's, makeup. For wait, myself. what's the lipstick? We absolutely need to know immediately. Well, I can tell you, but it doesn't exist anymore. It's um, MAC Flush Pot Lipstick. 
It was discontinued. I'm devastated about it. I only have three tubes left. <laughs> Wait, One when was... <laughs> what? They need to do a revival <laughs> with you. Times Michaela collab. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, once I run out of it, I actually will probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. God. But that's kind of what I do. We're supposed to go to the OBGYN once a year for annual checkups, but checking in with our fertility isn't usually a thing until we're ready for kids and struggling to get pregnant. When we were trying to get pregnant with Nicholas, it took us almost seven months. I remember each month being so nervous and stressed out when I realized I wasn't pregnant. I think having more knowledge about my body would have alleviated so many stresses and made the experience more fun. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a single finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within six business days. It's so easy. You'll get insight into your hormone levels like your ovarian reserve, aka if you have more or fewer eggs than average for your age, and other important factors that can impact your fertility. The results go deep into what every hormone means and you can also download the results to review with your doctor for next steps. I love this because I feel like whenever I go to my doctor, I like literally forget all my questions. So being able to have all your results right there and ask them any questions makes it so much more simple. Traditional hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost over $600, but Modern Fertility tests the same general set of hormones for only $179. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash TCC, you can get $20 off your test. Plus, you get reimbursed for the test through your FSA slash HSA. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make the decisions that's right for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash TCC. That means your test will cost $159, which is a fraction of what it would cost at a fertility clinic. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash TCC. That's modernfertility.com slash TCC. Okay. I love that. I want to talk about Cody really quickly. We talk a lot about dating and relationships on our podcast as well. Nice. I feel like we, I love hearing you talk about Cody and your relationship. It feels like such a secure stronghold there. How was like meeting Cody changed your perspective on maybe your confidence or your life? I've struggled with just feeling like, no guy's ever going to like me. They are not attracted to me, blah, blah, blah. First of all, how did you and Cody meet? And what is that dynamic? How has that helped your confidence? Yeah. So Cody and I, we met on Tinder. And the reason is because... Dude, I need to know. So many people are telling me Tinder again. is crazy. <laughs> really? I think it's having a revival. Continue. I, mean, I hate Tinder. I hate it. <laughs> but, like I've had some of the worst dating experiences on Tinder that... Oh my God. But COVID hit and in the state of Massachusetts, I don't know how it was for you guys, but in the state of Massachusetts, like everything shut down, like restaurants, clubs, bars, like you couldn't go anywhere except for the grocery store. And this is like when I was straight out of college and I had just moved into my first apartment by myself. So I was like lonely as hell. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't hang out with my friends really. So I, I definitely turned to Tinder and I feel like a lot of people did just because what else were you supposed to freaking do? But I will say terrible experiences on there until I got Tinder gold. <laughs> Tinder Wait, gold. Is that like a, a, a higher pay entry or right, something? It's 20 bucks a month or something. Okay. 
But so I was about to give up on the app. I was like, like when I tell you my, the dates I went on were horrible. Oh my God. Okay. So but why did I, you decide to like all of a sudden go from like giving up on it to be like, you know what? Let me actually pay. <laughs> well, because I was just like, I was like, there's no way that every guy on this app sucks. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> right. There's no way. So I was like, let me pay the 20 bucks. Cause when you pay the 20 bucks, it shows you every single guy who swipes right on you. So I was like, all right, I'll pay the 20. And that way I'm not sitting swiping. I can just look at every guy who's into me. And I saw Cody's profile. He had three photos of himself. They were either blurry, really old, or like a side profile. Like I hadn't, they didn't show what he looked like really at all. But his bio was so sweet. It was like, just moved to Massachusetts from Nevada and don't really know anyone out here. And I'd love to meet someone and get to know them. And I was like, oh, that's, that seems normal. (laughs) And then I swiped and then we texted for a week and then we went on a date. And that was the minute I went on a date with him. I was like, I'm definitely going to fucking marry that guy. Wow. (laughs) So it was kind of an immediate thing for you. Yes, which I've never experienced. I'm telling you, I went on like a hundred Tinder dates and I was happily not going on a second date with most people. <laughs> what was it about Cody? Was it just like his personality? Did he like say all the right things on the date? Was it just like an initial like feeling? When we decided to go on a date, I wasn't at the point where I was like, I'm going to marry that dude. Like, all right, you know what? He seems nice. Let's whatever. I'll do it. The minute I like opened the door and I saw his face, it was like, what? The- I love this man. <laughs> <laughs> It was weird. He's super charming. Yeah. He has this cheeky smile and just so sweet. When I tell you this man does not have a bad bone in his body. And we talked for hours. That's how I knew. Like we would just talk for hours and it never got boring. We never ran out of things to say. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. Wait, ask that question that you were asking all of us the other day or like just in general. Do you give people a second chance? I forget how you phrase it. Okay, so Michaela, I was recently I've been struggling with does there need to be an initial spark or can that spark grow? But there is no spark. Okay, does there need to be an initial spark or can that grow into something? I think it can be both. I think it's both. <laughs> I was hoping you because, were going to say there has to be this so, spark. I think so, so too, stop. Michaela. I think so. I too. think it, it's the kind of thing where, like, you could meet a guy at work and like you shoot the shit and like you're just yeah. friends or you're work buddies or whatever. Yeah. And there's no intention of dating that individual, but maybe a year later into the job, you're getting so close that you're like, you know, I'm kind of like actually attracted to this guy now that can happen too in my opinion yeah oh i love work romances like that (laughs) yeah so fun okay i feel like we need to end this with some rapid fire questions because i just need to know all these things okay (laughs) okay you tell me if they're gonna be easy or hard for you i'm kind of winging them so if you could only choose one makeup product to use what would it be is it for the rest of my life? Yeah, girl. This is serious. This is very <laughs> dramatic. Her face was... And okay. Yeah. You could either be as specific as you want or you could just be like lipstick. If I could only use one product for the rest of my life, I would choose the Fenty Beauty Lip Balm. Oh. Wait, Ooh. would you want the heat or just like the regular? It's like the mask that's in the little spinny container. I don't know that one. Do I need it? Oh, it's, well, it's new, but like... For me, I cannot live my life without hydrated lips, like literally. And that mask is fantastic. So I would choose that. (laughs) Okay. If you can partner with any brand to do like a dream beauty collection, what brand would it be? MAC Cosmetics. 
and we need to bring back this lipstick. Someone call Haley right now. (laughs) We need to get Mac on the phone ASAP. Okay, what piece of clothing makes you feel the most confident when you put it on? Probably a really baggy sweatshirt and sweatpants. (laughs) We love a comfy queen. Yeah, I just like to be comfortable. Like I go out everywhere in that. (laughs) Okay, are you more a stay in on a Friday night or go out on a Friday night? Go out. If you can do any celebrity's makeup, who would it be and what look would you do? I would do Kim Kardashian's makeup and I would do like a smoky bronzy eye because I like that and I know she likes it too. (laughs) Who has been someone you've met that has made you the most starstruck? Definitely makeup by Mariel. I love those videos that you did with him and Chris. Those were so fun. So good. I'll never forget those. If you can be a contestant on any reality show, what show would you choose? If I was single, I would. I just really like Love Island. <laughs> oh, yes. UK so version? That show. What? The UK version? Yes, only the UK version. Oh, okay. Well, we're glad you have Cody, but <laughs> honestly, that would be epic. And, okay, lastly, this isn't really rapid fire, but what are your dreams and goals? Like, where do you want to take this? We have a very ambitious, confident queen on our hands. What is Michaela's dreams? Well, this is going to be a very different answer maybe than you expect. I feel like a lot of times influencers, they just like shoot for the moon. Like they'll come out with a beauty brand or start a show on television or anything like that. For me, that's not kind of where I want my life to go. I'd love to like open my own beauty parlor or get my esthetician license and open a spa or something like that. I live in Massachusetts and I'm not in LA or any of that. So I don't know. I just really like my simple life here. You know what I mean? I love that. And I think shut out the noise of what everyone says you should be doing or the pressure of what everyone else is doing. Do what makes you happy. I love that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure to like go bigger, go bigger. But I just want people to know it's okay if you just want to like stay where you are. (laughs) Don't worry. No, I think that being content, I think, and happy is such an incredible goal too. And I wonder if because you worked with Ulta and have been in customer service, if part of you misses that interaction with people. Oh, I miss it all the time. Because literally had this idea that they could hire me for a day and I could work for yeah. I think that'd be really fun wait that would be so cool <laughs> I know right and I would be like yo like I'm at this location for the whole day come see me I'll help you out like I'm I totally love that no I, I know right I think that's awesome okay we'll, we'll add yeah. that to the list too yeah <laughs> Well, Michaela, thank you so much. This has been so much fun chatting with you. In case people don't know where to follow you, where can everyone follow you across social media? I'm Michaela Nagara on TikTok and Michaela J Makeup on Instagram. Amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much, Michaela. You're awesome. And we can't wait for our audience to hear this. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Tell Cody we say hi. (laughs) Will do. (laughs) Thank you, Michaela. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us. 